We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count one, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. There you go, ex-cop Derek Chauvin, guilty on all charges, including second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. And uh, the jury took just 10 hours to deliberate. And um, when it comes to courts, I mean, you can never really predict how a jury is going to behave or what they're going to do. But when you get a fast deliberation on a big case like this, it is often a sign of guilt, of a conviction. And, you know, this jury had an enormous job. You know, perk your politics. I mean, this jury had the whole world watching them. And it was a jury made up of six white jurors and then six jurors who all had different ethnic backgrounds, five men, seven women. And they had to decide this case that has sparked interest all over the world and has become a symbol of racial injustice and a moment that um, many in racialized communities see or actually hope as a moment of change in America. And all it took was the defense to be able to convince just one of those jurors that there was doubt, you know, to disagree on any of it. And the outcome could have been very, very different. But they clearly wanted to make a statement. They have made a statement. And as soon as the verdict was read, um, it kind of became – it's not that Derek Chauvin reacted uh, with surprise. It was almost just like this this look washed over him, like of disbelief, like it was at that moment that he realized – his life really was, uh, you know, going to be very different than he had planned. And then we saw celebrations um, break out, uh, replacing a lot of tension and the threat of violence that was feared right across the United States. I was really worried. I was worried about my city. Thank God my city will not burn tonight. This is this is a new day. This is something beautiful. This is this is something different. It, it's finally some little piece of justice it's it's unbelievable i didn't i didn't think it would happen i was i was so nervous and the defense you know they didn't have much to work with this is a very very tough um you know case for them to fight mainly because at the end of the day they were up against these images of this eight minute and 46 minute video that the whole world showed and saw and witnessed showing George Floyd uh, taking his last breath of life. Those are the kinds of um, pieces of evidence that are so, so hard to fight against because they're emotional, they're shocking, and they stay with you. And that's what stayed with this jury. And so the defense tried their very best just to sow some kind of seed of doubt. And all they needed was to convince one juror that what Chauvin did was justifiable or that the cause of death wasn't somehow because he had his knee pressed upon his neck. And they just simply couldn't do it. I mean, at one point, they tried to convince the jury that the officer felt threatened. Well, look at the video. He didn't look too threatened. He was just sitting there with his knee on this man's neck. I mean, his hands weren't even raised. And then they tried to use the defense that 
carbon monoxide from the cop cruiser. Well, that may have played a factor. I mean, that that's how much they had to stretch. So they did not have much. And tonight, while uh, the streets of the United States um, are, are celebrating, uh, we're starting to hear the voices. So we heard uh, just recently from George Floyd's niece, Bianca Williams, who sees this as the start of healing. I can sleep at peace now. Um, he back with my grandma again. This is what we prayed for. This is all we ever wanted. And we got justice for my uncle. And justice for so much more justice for everybody else. But I'm happy that we got justice out. I really didn't think we were going to get guilty on all three counts. So to get guilty on all three, you know, it means a lot. Let's take you to the ground uh, in Minnesota, where we join WCCO reporter Sloan Martin, who has been following this story. And uh, can you give us a bit of a, of a scene setter there of what it looks like uh, where you're reporting from, Sloan? Well, hundreds of people are marching throughout downtown Minneapolis, even past these boarded up buildings in the case there was unrest with a different kind of verdict. And they're pausing every so often for speeches and and really the demeanor tonight has been jubilation and celebration and relief but also a commitment to use this momentum to propel this forward looking for police reform particularly in the form of policy at the state legislature is what i'm hearing from a lot of protesters right now that yes this is a sense of relief a sense of accountability if some don't want to go as far to say justice but also that more work needs to be done and that minnesota can lead now, the celebrations obviously can turn violent very, very easily. I had seen some images of, um, you know, truck drivers driving down the street with people jumping on those. Is it still a celebratory uh, mood or, or is there a concern that there could be some violence as the night goes on? I think there had been a concern, and there was even some jurors who expressed this too during jury selection who were concerned that not a not guilty, uh, excuse me, a not guilty mm-hmm. verdict leading to unrest, but instead a guilty verdict. I think there certainly are community members who are concerned, um, particularly if their neighborhoods are uh, near George Floyd of outside agitators who were coming into the Twin Cities. This was a big concern right after George Floyd died when uh, police were telling neighbors to look in their alleyways for suspicious vehicles. Neighbors saw trucks and, and big cars with the license plates removed driving up and down their own streets, and they were really forced into kind of a neighborhood force to look out for each other and their own streets. That's how tense it was during that time, not really knowing who was here and if these are our own community members. So certainly I think there is a sense of that. Uh, We'll Mm -hmm. be watching over the next several days. We know that this police presence is not going to tamp down uh, very soon, I don't think, with thousands of National Guard soldiers and even bringing some law enforcement officers in from nearby states. And and unlike our country where you aren't allowed to talk to um, uh, jurors, uh, are any expected to come out and speak? I know it's a pretty delicate issue, and I think a lot of them are probably rightfully uh, nervous or scared. Are any of them uh, making themselves available in, in, to speak out? Uh, not that I've seen just at this moment, but I have uh, just kind of been away from social media following this march and really seeing the reaction out here from protesters and people who have gather- gathered. I would not be surprised, but it might take a lot of time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Security 
Privacy and anonymity was a major concern for jurors during jury selection. Their names are not being released until Judge Peter Cahill, in his words, deems it safe to do so. So it might be some time unless one of them decides to voluntarily come forward. They might also, uh, you know, have a feeling or a sense and or want to explain how this happened. The fact that a police officer was convicted of second degree murder, which is not a very common occurrence by any means, let alone of all three counts. So I would not be surprised, but it could possibly take some time. Yeah, it doesn't have the celebrity of an O.J. Simpson trial where people wanted to get the spotlight. So it, 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 it's a much different scenario. Derek Chauvin um, didn't show a lot of uh, emotion when he was um, you know, convicted. Um, he is obviously going to go straight to jail. Sentencing phase still happens. But this case is not over because it, the, the judge made clear that, that if, <laughs> if there was going to be an appeal, there could be grounds for it because of the comments that Congresswoman uh, Maxine Waters had said basically over the weekend kind of prompt of violence if there's not the right verdict. And that's right. That was something he was very stern about, Judge Peter Cahill. But he has been stern and very upset at elected leaders who have said anything publicly about this case. He was upset that the record $27 million settlement between the family of George Floyd and the city was a huge Mm -hmm. 90-minute press conference as jury selection was going on. So there were many times throughout this trial and the pretrial process where his attorney, Eric Nelson, says, I want to point this out for the record. There was a big concern with pre-trial publicity, and you can tell that the defense was thinking long-term about what could be shown upon appeal to possibly yeah. make the case that his defendant did not receive a fair trial. So we wait to see how that process plays out. Yeah, it, it certainly makes it interesting because, as some would argue, or some very well could argue, that it was a guilt in the, in the court of public opinion that swayed the jury and therefore appeal. Now, uh, I don't know what it's like in the United States, but how quickly can that appeal be filed? Um, or, or does the sentencing phase happen uh, before that? I believe it is going to be the sentencing phase. I apologize for not having the exact Mm -hmm. answer on that. There's just been a lot going on here, right here in downtown Minneapolis. But we know it's going to be at least two months until we get to that sentencing phase. And in this case, of course, we have uh, an officer who's not going to have, uh, you know, a criminal history, um, you know, on the record. But the state is going to be looking for aggravated charges, so basically elevated charges. And I think part of that is because children, people under 18, including a nine-year-old who took the witness stand for a couple minutes mm-hmm. early in the first week, were present for uh, what was now uh, a convicted murder in this case of George Floyd. So they're going to be looking for a harsher sentence above the sentencing guidelines. But Derek Chauvin confirmed yesterday in court that he's not going to have a jury decide if that sentencing guidelines will be elevated. It's going to come from Judge Peter Cahill, who will make that decision. Yeah. And in this case, being a police officer with no record uh, does not help him. In fact, I think it hurts him. Sloan, I know you're very, very busy. You've got lots going on on the ground there and it's changing every minute. So we really appreciate your uh, insight into this. Thank you for the invite.